Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. How's it going, everybody? The Olympics are just a month away, which means we'll get to watch some of the best athletes in the world compete. Now, if you're a BYU fan, there are a few track and field athletes right now in the Olympic trials who are fighting for the chance to represent the U.S. in their specific events. BYU's track and field team has been elite this year, to say the least. And we're going to bring on one of the biggest track and field fans you will ever meet. If you don't believe me, just Google him. His Uber fandom once went viral. Let's welcome on BYU Athletics Development Coordinator, Isaac Wood. Thanks for coming on, Isaac. Oh, Lauren. Yes, it's a pleasure. Truly a pleasure. <laughs> and uh, please don't Google me, okay? Or at least please watch the, li- I mean, listen to this first and then, and then watch that. So then you can be like, oh, he's, he is a somewhat normal human being. Somewhat. <laughs> hey, no, so. it's, you are an incredible human being. And uh, <laughs> for those who aren't Thank familiar you. with the viral video of you cheering your heart out, at one of BOU's track meets back in 2019. Give them the rundown of what was happening. The the rundown is that we we had the the previous year. So this was the it was the 2019 NCAA track and field championships where I had someone unfortunately film me losing my mind. Um, the year before in 2018, we had had four men qualify in the 10,000 or the 10K, and we finished something like you know 15th of the 24 that ran. We finished like 15th. 22nd, 23rd, 24th in that race. And it was just, it was embarrassing. You know, some of the internet message boards were mocking BYU for not being able to race when it matters and, you know, things like that. It was tough. You know, we kind of carried that. And so that in 2019, when, when Clayton Young won the 10K and Connor McMillan was third and Connor Mass was fourth, it was, you know, kind of, that was, it was kind of an unheard of quality of a, of a finish for our team and to have three to have three athletes in the top four is pretty incredible in one event and, and you know I just yeah I lost my mind um and <laughs> someone filmed me do it and it and the rest of my you know weekend at that meet and the, that that next year I couldn't escape it in fact I still can't escape it really but um you know I, I think people can relate to it maybe because they've all had moments where they lost their minds like that but just it wasn't filmed in a way that you know it was easy to upload <laughs> to the internet and anyway so that's the story behind that <laughs> absolutely right. I think it's really relatable and and what I think is so cool about it is you don't see it I mean unless you're a parent or something of one of the the kids running I feel like you don't see it as much in track and field events and you did a between the lines segment with me after all that happened it was absolutely hilarious you were showing your passion for other things in life like recycling by cheering loudly in people's faces when they did that I yes. think Spencer told me he's still deaf from that segment but since that he time might be. <laughs> you really might be. In fact, in fact, maybe that's why Spencer doesn't want to do anything with me anymore. It's weird. You know, I text Spencer. I say, hey, let's golf. Let's play basketball. Let's do this. And he's like, huh? I can't hear you. Oh, no I don't know what you're saying, Isaac. I, what are you saying? You, you've cost me thousands of dollars in, in hearing bills. Um, yes, that's right. <laughs> well, since that time, you've changed positions. I think back in August yeah. of last year. So what does your yeah. new position entail? So I'm the development coordinator. Um, essentially, I work in fundraising for BYU Athletics. So my uh, my boss is Chad Lewis, um, and I essentially just am, am charged with helping run the Cougar Club and helping, um, you know, hopefully help more BYU fans see a, a value and a reason to support BYU athletics financially. And that's what I do, and I love it actually. It's, it's great for someone who's passionate about BYU athletics and and uh, you know hopefully has the ability to you know express the the necessity for the 
the donation and and make connections with our fans because I am a fan. It helps, I think, in some level. So it's been it's been a fun last year. Of course, I you know sometimes I miss the 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 weekend spent at track meets, but I don't miss being gone twenty five weekends out of the year. Yes. <laughs> so away from my family. So now it's a little less, and and that's been a positive thing. I think the pandemic helped me realize that I wanted to be home a little more than I was. So that's been a positive from the pandemic for me. And yeah, it's been a fun almost year in this role. And I mean, I get to work, you know, I, I sit right next to Chad Lewis and Robbie Bosco every day. So how, how bad can it be? Right. Your boss is Chad Lewis. I was going to ask, do you get like this intense pep talk every day when you go to work from Chad? Every day. He looks at me and says, Isaac, I need you to grip it. Or no, what's that? I need you to grip it and rip it. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Oh say, my God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Coolest yes, boss ever. You ever. Want, Chad. I'll, I'll run through a wall for you, man. <laughs> I know for real that dude runs to the Y and back. I don't man. Unreal. That man's unreal. Okay. So you do, you just talked about this. You were previously the director of operations for track and field and cross country. And obviously they've had an incredible season and I know you miss it. So what was it like for you not being able to be front and center? Like you usually are for such, uh, such an awesome season. (laughs) Yeah, it was hard. You know, I'm used to being there. I was lucky enough that they thought I was, I had enough value and they brought me to the national championships, which was fun. And I, you know, played a small role in just helping athletes get to and from the track and just kind of being there next to coaches to help them. In fact, um, in fact, I kind of was the the one who mentioned to coach Eyestone that we should appeal Taylor Franco, uh, not making the final in the 1500 because it looked like he'd been something uh, illegal had happened in the race and it actually worked. So that yes. was cool. Um, but uh, you know, not being able, yeah, right. You know, missing the net, not being there for the women's national championship in cross country was, was tough to watch from home from the standpoint of like, I wish I was there, but it was super fun to see the success that they've had. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's cool to, to know how hard the athletes work and the sacrifices that they make to be, you know, to set the standard for, for excellence and greatness in the, in their sport and to see them actually, do what they know they can do. Right. Like there's nothing better than mm-hmm. being able to like, know that you did like, something you're really good at. You were able to do it at the highest level you could. Right. And so watching our athletes do that this, this year has been, has been super fun. And despite not being able to be there front and center for all those opportunities and all those competitions, it was, it's still just an honor and pleasure to even be somewhat connected to that program and to, to see, to see the um, success that they've had. So much happened. The the cross country national championship for the women, uh Connor Mance records being broken. What do you feel like was the most yep, impressive Connor thing? As well. Yes. What do you feel like was the most impressive thing about BYU's success this season? Um, you know, I, I think I think two two uh different things I would want to bring up. One is the women w- winning the national championship with the with the team that they had this year was really just impressive. Um I thought that was just, it was just an incredible, to be honest, an incredible coaching job by, by coach Taylor and also an incredible, just, um, you know, display of heart and competitiveness from, from the women who ran that race. But also, you know, if you look at the entirety of the track team, you know, a lot of people look at BYU as a distance running school and, and it probably is uh, in terms of, you know, that's where the, the majority of our, you know, top athletes are in that area, but that's not totally the case because I mean, we've got, you know, 
on the men's and women's side, some of the uh, one of the best javelin throwers in the country on each on each you know, men's women's side. Ashton Reiner on the women's side and Cam Bates on the men's, and Michael Bluth in the four hundred running, you know, breaking school records and making the final in the four hundred. And both you know both men's four by one and four by four hundred relays making it to nationals. And you know, like it's a well-rounded team. Zach McCorder in the pole vault, you know, was one of the best in the country this year. So it's it's really been a, been super fun to see how how um you know deep the BYU team is in almost every area of track and field yes how how fun for you to be able to I, just hearing you name these these uh, athletes by name it just even just hearing you talk about it I can tell there's just a deep connection with them because you're able to work with them and and you just yeah. have a, a love for track and field before BYU you were an assistant track and field coach at Weber State but I know right. your your roots run deep. You're one of the biggest fans I know. So where did your passion for the sport begin? You know, growing up, my dad was a big wig in the sport. He was the the head of long distance running for USA Track and Field, and was a big uh, agent for some of the best runners in the world. And so, you know, we didn't go on vacations growing up, except like the vacations we've been on were track meets. And and and, and like that sounds like I'm like you know, trying to be, you know, funny. No, it's, it, that's legitimately the <laughs> honest truth. The only vacations we ever took were to the NCAA track and field championships or the USA's. And so, so <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that's kind of all, you know, you know, right. it's just like, it's all, you know. Right. <laughs> um, and so from a young age, you know, like, like my parents are pretty intense on like not watching TV on Sunday and things like that. But when the Olympics rolled around or anything track and field <laughs> magically, it was okay. You know, <laughs> The rules went out the window. <laughs> It was like, oh. huh, well, it, my parents would say it promotes brotherhood, you know, like, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Of course we're watching this. You're like, so, mom and dad, I can make the argument about a lot of things that promote brotherhood, but we're not going to go there. Yeah, exactly. No, correct. Um, so that's kind of where my roots <laughs> come from, you know, like my, so, you know, my brother was my high school track coach as well. And so, wow. I mean, you know, I, it's just been a part of my life, my whole life. And it's, you know, I talk with my dad and that brother almost every day, each of them. And most of the conversation is revolved around the sport, track and field or cross country. And so, you know, when you talk about it that much, you probably are I'm probably getting close to that 10,000 hour, you know, uh, quota that Malcolm Gladwell put out there to be an expert in something, because I, I feel pretty confident I put in about 10,000 hours worth of thinking or doing in, in the sport of track and field and cross country. So. Oh, I guarantee it. In your opinion, what makes track and field, unique and appealing as opposed to some of the other sports yeah that's a good question I like that question too because it is unique and I don't think it gets enough credit of course I feel that way you know yeah most track fans have this massive chip on their shoulder about the fact it doesn't get enough love and I'm probably one of those trying to be self-aware here um (laughs) so you know I, I think what makes it unique is that it it I think anyone in any whatever whatever you are whatever you look like whatever you do i think you can relate to what's happening out there whether whether you're you know a big strong person who loves the throws whether whether you're you know you've been like the fastest kid in your class in elementary school and you could outrun everyone on the soccer field you probably relate to the sprinters and if you love daring things and jumping like jumping from great heights you know you can be excited about the pole vault or or the high jump or you know you or you know you you win your local 5k and you're like oh, i love distance running you know it, it all mm-hmm. kind of I think anyone can relate to various parts of, uh, of the sport. And, and so I think that that is is appealing and and makes it unique. I think when people think of the Olympics, I think they naturally go to track and field, you know, 
Like they, when they think the Olympics, they think, oh, I remember watching Usain Bolt running nine, five, nine or whatever he ran and to break the, the world record in the hundred. Or I remember, or you know, maybe a little older, I remember Michael Johnson on the golden shoes. Right. Um, I remember Flo Joe, like those are the things like you start talking about the Olympics and most people will go to oh, track and field and you, know, you throw swimming in there, gymnastics, whatever else is in the Olympics that people will care about. But I think track and field, it seems to be the, the sport that kind of comes, comes you know, front of mind when you think about the Olympics. I 100% agree. I think what makes it so awesome and appealing for such a wide audience, too, is because it's so basic. I mean, it's whoever gets the best time wins, right? Or whoever throws it the farthest wins. It's It doesn't have to be complicated like in some other sports. And, and like you said, it's like these basic human movements that people do when you're a little kid. And I think that's what makes it so cool. So, Isaac, when you're tuning into the Olympics this summer, what event are you most excited to watch? Oh, oh, oh man. That's such a good question. <laughs> and I'm going to give you an answer that no one's going to like, but I love the 10,000, the 10 K on the track. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. And that's the one that I, you know, that I watched and lost my mind on and someone captured that on film. But, you know, my dad has always joked around and said, there's nothing better than a great 10 K, nothing worse than a bad one, you know, because it's 25 laps on the track. So it's either, right. in, it's, it's either engrossing and it's almost like a drama that unfolds in these 25 laps of, each lap is a new kind of chapter um, or, or it's like, you know, it's the obvious guy who's, who's going to win, goes out there and hammers it from the gun and that's really boring. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, I love the 10 K for that. I mean, I think people enjoy the steeplechase. I think there was a comedian on Twitter who got a lot of, who got a lot of engagement on a tweet that she posted about what the heck is the steeplechase because she's <laughs> watching it in the trials. And, you know, um, it's an interesting event because people are jumping over these weird looking barriers and the water um and and everyone loves the sprints right so it's fun to watch the the 100 and the 200 and the relays um because i think the, and especially the relays because there's so much you know um unknown about you know are they actually going to get the baton all the way around the track and things right. like that so th- those those are certainly ones to you know if you're if you're not a track fan but you want to enjoy the olympics like you know those are kind of the events that i would you know you know stay tuned on and, and pay attention to when they are because they're they're really enjoyable but you're the 10,000 meter guy. That's I love you. the 10K. Love, love the 10,000. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, you you are an uber fan of track and field. I want to know, sure. do you have, are there any other sports you are a huge fan of? Uh, yeah. I mean, growing up, I, I played a lot of basketball. Um, at one point, my dad stopped doing the agent business and he, him and a friend went in on buying a professional basketball team in England. So wow. at, at, yeah, at some point in my what? life, I became a big, big uh, basketball fan. I'm actually a big fan of European basketball as well, like Euro hoops. I think uh-huh. it's really kind of fun to pay attention to. And so that's, I, I'm a weird quirky fan of like European basketball. I find that super cool. Um, and of course, all the other sports, like, you know, I can have a somewhat, you know, uh, in-depth conversation about most of the major sports. Uh, I just like it all, right? Like, like yes. I don't really have any other things I like to do. I, I don't like hiking. I don't like biking. I don't like hunting. I don't like doing anything really outdoors. Why well, I just sleep on the ground. I want to be in my house on a Saturday with, with ESPN on and Fox sports on and NBC sports on or whatever. I want everything on at once. I just want to consume it all. That's my, that is my ideal Saturday. And it's even better when it's track and field. So. Oh, and your voice is getting louder. I love it. That that's oh, the Isaac nice. I know and love right there. Isaac, you're fired you... up, Lauren. Yeah, Sorry, Jesus. So great. Can't help myself. <laughs> Isaac, you're amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time and coming on. And uh yes, wish everyone pleasure. on the track and field team good luck as they're moving forward this week and, and hope they all do well. Yeah, me too. Uh it should be fun to have... it's nice to see a lot of BYU 
with all BYU jerseys getting some getting some airtime on NBC and NBC Sports is pretty cool. Absolutely. Coming up, Bossman Junior Phillips joins me to chat more about the upcoming Olympic Games and how he feels about running a 10K up next on Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to the Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. I just chatted with track and field guru and superfan Isaac Wood about BYU's incredible success this season. And now it's time to bring on the pride of BYU TV sports, Junior Phillips. What's up, Junior? Not much. How are you? Good. Hey, real quick. Isaac Wood said his favorite event to watch in the Olympics is the 10K. When was the last time you ran 10,000 meters? Oh, man. How long is how, how, it? <laughs> well, how many miles is that? I think that's around like six miles. Six miles? Six, seven miles. Yeah. Okay. It was 10,000 meters sounds way more intimidating yeah. than when you say it in miles. Then you but say it still. in miles. I actually yeah. ran, and, and people who know me will probably have, hard, have a hard time believing this. Five years ago, I ran a half marathon. So, no way. Yes. Good for you. So and, it's been and a while. You're alive to tell the tale. I'm alive to tell the tale. But yeah, one of, my, one of my favorite things to bring up when people are trying to get me to run some sort of race is the guy who ran the first marathon was a soldier who was running to tell the Athenians that they defeated the Persians. He died. Oh, the guy wow. died. Uh, he died after running it. So, so bodies, at least my body, was not meant to run long distances. That's what I tell people that are like, let's let's train for a marathon. I'm like, absolutely not. Well, not I'm definitely not fast, so I guess distance is the only thing that I could possibly. So cool, though. Was that a good experience for you? Uh, you know what? It it was. It was it was very hard. But, you know, when you have family and, and friends and stuff like that cheering you on, it's, uh, it makes it a little easier. But, uh, yeah, it was not. Aww. I will admit that uh, when I got to about mile 11, I got passed by the people winning the full marathon. So that was a little <laughs> bit demoralizing. But, uh, hey, whatever. I finished. No. Hey, that, exactly. That's not what it's about. I think that's incredible that you, you finished and you even tried. That's that's more than I can say. All right, the Olympic Games are just a month away. Junior, what's your favorite track and field event to watch? Oh, it, it would have to be the sprints, the 100 and 200. I think they're just – it's amazing to see how fast people can actually run. Um, yes, I agree. The 100 – they are seriously they are just jet fast. It's it's so much fun to watch. I love I threw the javelin in high school, so I even love the field events like the javelin. Track and field is a lot harder than people think. These athletes are are absolutely incredible. And junior, you are getting the opportunity to go see them live and in person in Tokyo. How did that all come about? So yeah, I'm I'm actually working at the uh, basketball venue. And stuff with the broadcast. Uh, about two and a half years ago, uh, I was asked I, uh, uh, if I wanted to come work. And so I made sure it, w- it worked here at BYU TV and um, took that opportunity. So it, it was really hard last year when it got postponed, but uh, able to make it work to do it this year. So I'm really excited. Uh, it's the first time I've worked to the Olympics. I know we have a few people here at BYU Broadcasting that work it, you know, um, every few years. So this is, this is kind of a big deal to me to, to go out there and it's a, it's a, a weird year to work it, a different year. It's an exciting <laughs> year. 
um, where the only spectators will be uh, those who live in Japan. And so it will be a different experience that no one else will be able to experience. I'll be one of the few non-athletes from the United States that will be able to to be there. And so it's it's a unique opportunity. It's something I definitely don't take for granted and am very excited to uh, to go experience. Honestly, what a privilege. And, and you said you're going there to work the basketball events. And with COVID still happening, and I know things are a little strange in Tokyo right now, what are, what are some of the protocols that you have to go to in order to be able to work the event? Well, they, they want us to kind of monitor ourselves 14 days before we leave um, and just symptoms, checks, and things like that. We do two uh, PCR tests within uh, 96 and 72 hours of flying, and we need to have those signed by a doctor that they were legit tests and everything, and we bring that with us. Um, I already have my accreditation, which counts as my visa. Um, we're only limited to the time that we're working there. So within 72 hours of your uh, the venue where you're working, the sport that you're working with it finishing within 72 hours of it finishing, you need to to fly out. So wow. I will go through all that. When I get there, I will be tested again um, and tested for the first four days. Um, for the first 14 days, they're asking us to basically just hotel and venue. And I will be in Saitama where they're playing basketball. And our hotel is directly across the street. We walk over a pedestrian bridge, over some train tracks, and we're right there. So I will be bouncing between my hotel and the venue for the first 14 days. Um, and so I'll, I'll end up having about nine days once that 14-day quarantine is over. Uh, the Kind of my final nine days there where I will be able to take public transportation, eat inside restaurants. We'll be able to take oh. things to go. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I was going to say I, I that would be so disheartening to be in that country and not be able to explore and uh, see everything that's that's happening. So I'm glad you get to do that the last nine days. You're going to be covering basketball. I have to ask. Do you think you'll be able to meet any of the guys up close and personal on the USA team? Um, unfortunately not. Um, they are asking us – We, um, you have to be within two meters or about um, six and a half feet with, uh, away from all of the athletes. And so they're, they're, they're really sheltering the athletes and, and stuff like that. Um, I think in a normal year, I would probably get two. But uh, in a COVID year, they're, they're really doing – you know, and a lot has been out in the news of how Japanese people are maybe a little worried about this. And the o- Olympic broadcasting systems and, and the Olympics are really working very hard to make it as safe as possible both for the athletes, for those who are going to work and for the residents there. So they're, they're really trying to bubble and create a safe environment. So I, I would love to. Um, but I don't, I don't know how much interaction I will get. Normally I think I would be able to, but. Yes. Well, maybe those last nine days, everyone's going to feel a little, a yeah. little fun and fancy free. <laughs> you know, we have Hope, to run into one of them. You never know. You never know. All right. So what is your favorite summer Olympic event to watch just in general? So you're thinking of your last nine days there. If there's some stuff going on, what would you, what would be your number one thing you'd want to go watch? Oh, I think I love golf, and so I think it would be fun now that golf is a new sport in there mm-hmm. to to see 
to see golf. Um, also, swimming. Swimming's always fun. You know, anything that's a race like that, where I'm, I'm kind of partial to the things that don't necessarily have judges. You know, you talked about the the track and field, the throwing, and things like that. There's nothing subjective about it. It's right. did you run faster? Did you throw further? Um, did you jump higher? And stuff like that. So I love sports like that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. So tell me, what's kind of the timeline of of your Olympic experience? When do you take off, and and what happens then? So I leave July 19th, and then I will fly into Tokyo, and then the kind of onboarding in the airport where your credential kind of becomes your visa and you provide the tests and you get tested. They said to plan on about five hours in the airport after a 10 and a half hour flight from Seattle to Tokyo. Nightmare. And then um, the very next day I start working. I think we'll do a little bit of training and then the uh, the games start, and basketball starts on day one, and the gold medal games uh, is on the same day as the closing ceremonies. So, closing ceremonies happen on the eighth. On the ninth, I'll hop back on a plane and arrive back in Salt Lake in the afternoon on there. And uh, yeah, so it's wow. it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty crazy. No days off in there, but. Uh, it, it it's an amazing experience. I mean, I I understand that it's going to be a lot of work, but I think it's also going to be just an amazing opportunity. Oh, absolutely! There's no way you could pass that up. And Junior, my my last question for you is just just along the lines of the Olympics. BYU has a handful of athletes, track and field athletes, who are trying to qualify for the Olympics right now this weekend. Track and field is never the most talked about team on campus, or even the most covered. No matter how good they are, football is king. Obviously, basketball isn't too far behind. But what's it been like from your perspective with BYU TV and BYU Sports Nation covering these track and field athletes this season? It's been amazing watching these track and field athletes. Uh, Ed Eyestone, Diljeet Taylor are just amazing coaches that inspire and push these athletes to to what they can do. And, and watching them accomplish so much, it's amazing. I mean, this year... The 2020-2021 year um, through all the COVID and everything like that has been one of BYU's best years. And it's been so fun to watch where it doesn't matter you know, what sport it is. It always seems like BYU somewhere near the top. And the track and field where they, they've had several, like you said, several people competing for a spot in the Olympics. I mean it does not get any higher than that. You know, national championships, but even bigger than that is – you know, the Olympics. So it's been so much fun and so amazing to watch. So cool. Junior, you're amazing. And for those of you listening, Junior's going to come on hopefully while he's at the Olympics and give us some, some awesome updates about what he's doing there. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Isaac Wood and Junior Phillips for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate.